Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Carmen Pugliafito, and I'm here with my co-host, Dr. Charlie Wyckoff. We're here today with Elliot Lazar. And Charlie, why don't you get us going today's episode of Retina Synthesis. Elliot, thanks for being here. You know, you, you, you've done a lot in ophthalmology and retina uh, broadly. You're heavily involved in many, many different programs and ultimately would love to sort of get your opinions here about what it means for a physician to be a KOL, how, how to get involved and, and, how to, and how to thrive in that space. But before we get into that, maybe if you don't mind, Elliot, you have such a rich background, maybe go through your background and, and sort of what, what your experiences have been like in, in eye care over the last couple of decades. Yeah, thanks so much, Charlie. Really appreciate you uh, allowing me to participate today. So yeah, my, my background is, you know, on the business side as well as on the scientific side. So an ophthalmologist by training and practice, most, mostly in front of the eye, but took my um, scientific endeavors, which started out as uh, stem cell transplantation in the, in the early 90s. And, and then also on the drug delivery side, worked extensively with the interventional neuroradiologists and the neurosurgeons who have a lot more depth and width in, in interventional devices and so forth, and especially in drug delivery, and, and tried to translate a lot of those into ophthalmology, developed a lot of IP. And, and as we got into back of the eye diseases much more, found that we really had a dearth of delivery technologies in ophthalmology, which still exists today in large part. So tried to take a lot of those technologies, things such as coatings of stents and, and, and things of that nature and things that we put into the brain for delivery and, and so forth and, and tried to translate them into ophthalmology and, and, and found some kind of interesting crossovers there. So try to transform things from other areas into ophthalmology. And that's, a, that's an art that I think we all kind of can, can work on as we go forward, just to, to look on the fringes and the adjacencies of ophthalmology and try to translate them into to what we need and what we do. And the interventionalists have been kind of far more adept at that. If you look at the drug delivery space that they utilize, it's, it's kind of far more engaged than, than we have in ophthalmology. We've not done a very good job despite our attempts to, to really kind of move into that area. And I think that in large part is, is because of what we're going to be talking about today. The KOLs active much more actively involved early on in, in interventional space, work closely with companies, develop their own companies, and, and, and had a lot of cross-sectional crossover meetings where they had cardiologists, uh, peripheral neurointerventionalists, and, and stroke guys and, and, and neurointerventionalists, and really work together to, to take those technologies and move them into other parts of the body. And I think we can learn a lot from that. And, and, and as you know, it's, it's communication 101. So it took a lot of my business background, took a lot of my kind of scientific background and took my clinical background, tried to converge all those and, and to work with companies and, and also work with investors all along that path to try and get them to kind of be on board and engage. And, and having all those things work together has, has led to kind of an interesting piece. But the most enjoyable part is working with people such as yourself, the, 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 the thought leaders, and then working with the kind of small startup companies who have ambition, have great ideas, just don't have the guidance that, that they need all, all along this path. And that's where I think the KOLs play a key role. And people like Carmen have done that for decades and, and been very impactful along this, this stretch of path. And, and I think we can do the same. And I think we can do a better job, quite frankly. I, I think that we have probably failed miserably in getting these companies across the finish line. And that I think falls on everybody. And, and I think, again, we need to look back and look at some of those 
faux pas and those no pas and, and, and really kind of uh, make a difference for all of us. I, I think that there's a lot, there's a lot to digest there and a lot of great insight. I love the concept and I think it's super underappreciated um, of trying to cross fertilize and bringing in technologies and insights from other spaces into ophthalmology and in particular into retina. And, and I must admit, I'm, I'm probably the one that's most guilty of it, right? I'm, I'm very under-informed about what other specialties are doing. And Elliot, I want to particularly pry on one topic you brought up, which was how sort of the physicians are involved at a different stage and a different depth in neurosurgical device development to be specific about it. And, and what does that look like? Like if that were to be brought into retina, how would that play out, do you think? Yeah, so, so interventionalists have been doing this a lot longer than we have. So in the early 90s, they started having these translational meetings where they would all get together, they would all work with all the companies and, and in one place at one time, probably spend you know, as much as a month together over, over the course of a year and really listen and really inform each other of, you know, so we, we have problems in ophthalmology that we haven't addressed very well, whether it's drug delivery or whether it's intermediate GA or new imaging technologies. And I, th I think the companies sometimes lag in that. So, you know, you obviously have, you know, Peter Kaiser at the Cleveland Clinic, you have Dave Brown and, and all these guys who really are at the cutting edge of these technologies. And we kind of put ourselves in a vacuum. And so the companies have to find us instead of us finding the companies. Mm -hmm. And with stroke and, and Alzheimer's and interventional stuff in particular, that the, the interventionalists work with, there, there's a, actually more companies, but they're, they're more consolidated. And, and, it, and, and the interventionalists work better together than we do. They don't have, they, they, they meet a lot more than we do. They, they actually, and I'm on weekly calls with them and they intersect a lot more, which is something we don't do necessarily well. We, we live in a very hectic world. As you know, we're injecting every day, you know, hours upon hours. And, and, and at the end of the day, we don't really spend the time uh, kind of looking to, to intermingle with the rest of our, of our colleagues and, and supporters. Interventionalists do a much better job. They're on calls four or five hours a day with colleagues and also with adjacent companies. They really, you know, they work with companies that are adjacent and they bring them into the fold yeah. because of opportunity there. And, and I think again, you know, we're, we live in retina or we live in, in ophthalmology and we don't really reach out. So in Buffalo where I live, we, we have one, we have a $500 million stroke center that, that actually forces inter, intersections between people. The building is built around intersecting the engineers, the FDA is there all the time. Uh, and we bring a company in every week, whether it's Boston Scientific. And, and so we share with them, they share with us. And those forced intersections actually move everything forward very quickly. The ideas are generated around really um, people who are informed as well as people who are really curious. And we're all informed and curious, but we just don't have those, those frequent conversations with people that are adjacent or outside of our world that really have a lot to offer. And I think, again, even, even investors and so forth who invest in other areas sometimes just don't kind of take the effort to, to really apply what they know to, to what we need to, to kind of bring to, to our patients. It is interesting because we as Renadocs often sort of talk about how, wow, there's so many retina meetings, right? You could go to a retina meeting every, almost every week, it seems like. And you have OIS and iAccelerator and all these kind of 
slightly peripheral meetings that, that that sort of try to bring sort of the technology and the innovation together with the physicians and the, and the sponsors. But you're right, there's probably a big unmet need that we don't really appreciate of, of having more cross-sectional meetings that are really trying to talk about these bigger issues rather than just individual products. Yeah, that's right. And I think that, you know, I'm as guilty as anybody of it, but when we go to meetings, we typically lock ourselves into, into ad boards, right? So yeah. much of our time we go to the meeting, we listen, and then we go to ad boards, and, and we don't really have those intersectional times that, that, that can be really helpful for all of us. And, and again, we, we have great young nascent companies and great young ideas, as you know, there's a ton of them out there. Yeah. They're just really seeking our help but and, and we we do put barriers in front of them we, you know we we have a tendency to charge them to do things and, and, and do things of that nature and so we we tend to spend a lot more time with, with the large strategics than, than with the small companies who, who typically are just yearning for help and, and really reaching out to us and, and we don't respond as well and i think you know, I think that's one area where I think we, we should probably do a little better. And probably the startups should, should navigate that space a little better as well. But I think that's a place where, you know, Carmen can speak to this well from his decades of experience here. That's how he succeeded. He started out small and he listened and he took those engineers and, and, and applied what they know and, and just grew it kind of systematically along those lines. We don't necessarily have those, those endeavors today as much as we'd like. And, and look, you know, we don't do devices very well anymore, right? We're totally locked into therapeutics in, in large part, and devices are on the outside. So we've kind of excluded that world. And, and, and again, we don't have the strategics that used to be so heavily vested. You know, Bausch used to be a device company. The other game used to be a device company, all kind of the same. They're pretty comfortable where they are in devices now and are, are looking more and more towards therapeutics. So, so we've kind of ignored that part of it, which, which could be meaningful for our patients, as you know. Fascinating. And then, and then <clears throat> bringing that then back to the specific physicians that you work with. You work with a tremendous number of companies as well as physicians, and, and you've seen sort of the full gamut of, of what the, you know, quote unquote, KOL or K key opinion leader um, uh, can, can look like. And, and, and what, you know, the, 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 let's focus on a physician that, that's earlier in their practice. They want to get involved. They're fascinated by, by new technologies and they work with some companies, but what's, what's sort of their roadmap? How would you give advice to someone that, that wanted to have a meaningful impact to improve the field over the next five to 10 to 20 years over the course of their career? Yeah. So, you, you know, you, you fall right in the heart of that. You're, you're younger and you've been doing this relatively short period of time, but you've navigated it extraordinarily well. And, and I think there's, there's, if you look, to yourself is kind of the, the guy that I would use as the model for this. It, it's a couple of really important points to me. It, it's number one, really being able to be culturally aligned with the companies that you work with. So, so you have to find companies where leadership and management share your same values and same culture. That, you know, you're looking out for patients most. They have different responsibilities. And sometimes they don't overlap, and that's perfectly fine. The other part is just kind of wearing the white hat. We have to work in collaboration and conjunction with companies. We have to listen really well. We have to find out, not, not to compromise anything that they're trying to do, but really to, to lend support and guidance. You, know, you, you have these experiences of, of having some 
some really young, good companies who can use some support in terms of what other opportunities are out there for them. I mean, when we look at neuroprotection, we look at some of the things that are a little bit outside of our domain. These companies have have platforms that could very well apply to them. So, so I think it's a, it's imperative that we we really support them, help them, don't bankrupt them with our consulting fees and so forth, and, and really listen. So, you know, we're very fortunate. Retina docs and, and, and ophthalmologists in general are gifted people, right? They 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 really are, are very intellectually guided. They they have a lot of skill sets. Some of them don't necessarily wouldn't be good advisors to companies because they're just locked into their clinical practice all the time and don't don't want to do anything different. That's fine. But others who want to start to navigate this path forward um, just need to you know find companies that that are interesting to them where they feel they can bring value. And, and I would argue that outreaching to them, you know, I'm always happy to help making make introductions to people and companies, they're, they're always willing to listen and to help. They don't feel as though it's an imposition. And again, we have to listen to the companies more than they listen to us, because I think we we gain so much more from companies. And these are you know, young companies with really smart people who really want to help patients. They just don't know how to do a lot of this, especially in the early stages. And you know, you and your colleagues are so gifted in, in, in setting up clinical development pathways and, and designing trials and so forth, which Honestly, they just don't know how to do. They come, you know, whether they're from ophthalmology or outside, those are skill sets that the KOLs are very well suited to bring to the table. You know, drug delivery pieces, again, they, they don't have the experience that, that the KOLs have. I mean, we, we've lost probably 40 drug delivery companies in the last five years. It just disappeared. And that's a shame. But it's, again, because we haven't worked well collaboratively to kind of figure this out. We are behind that ball as we have been for 20 years and in, in getting durable treatments to patients. And so I think that again, and, and then bringing in kind of a group of people, I, I think is always better than bringing individuals in because the collective minds really serve everybody very well. And, and again, I also look through the adjacencies like, well, you know, maybe neuroprotection is a piece and here's what the FDA says. So it's, it's an effort that again, I, I would argue, you know, I don't know what the numbers are strictly, but you know, probably 90% of our companies have failed. And I, I think that's, you know, that's a standard, but I think it's a terrible standard. We should not strive for 90%. We should try to move that up and, and really figure out how to better do this. And then again, strategics are, are very few and far between in our industry. So they don't have the bandwidth to really help companies. The good strategics, you know, they, they talk to all the companies and I, I, I would argue also that they need to provide guidance and the good ones do. They, they tell them, this is what you need to do. Come back to us in six months and we'll have another conversation versus we're not interested. So I think there's a lot to be said for this ecosystem to really work much more collaboratively together and, and to really make a difference uh, for, the, for the companies. And it's really tough right now that the economics of, of today's world are awful. So we have to, again, help them in that regard and really work with them to try and make this better. That was a great comment. Carmen, any thoughts from you? Well, it's a two-way street, isn't it? We have companies with uh, development projects, and then there are clinicians that have ideas. And uh, one of the things that I'm interested in Elliot's viewpoint on is, what about clinicians that have great ideas that want to move forward with them? What's their best course of action? Well, you, you could write the book on this. You probably have at some point. So, 
Yeah, I mean, that's, that's everybody that we talk to has great ideas. And again, I think it's incumbent upon people like me and you to, to really provide guidance. I mean, it's 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 easy to say, take it down this path. But but again, the economics of these things are, are really challenging. And you get as many calls as I do from, from doctors and others who have really remarkably good ideas. Uh, but but it's it's how do you take an idea and turn it into the, the, you know whether it's IP issues and and provide them with some roadmaps going forward and make the introductions to the strategics. There are some strategics who look for early ideas even in today's market look look for preclinical assets and, and um, those are great introductions. Everybody wants to have those, but I most of the the people with those ideas don't know how to reach out to those people or those companies. And I think. Again, in my world, I do that on a daily basis and just to really help them. Also to put around them a team of KOLs or whatever who've been through this experience and, and, and make this look more like a company rather than a technology. I think that's really important to build up the, the, the periphery of every company and technology to, to really give it some, some, some form and, and to really kind of get the IP straightened out, get the regulatory path straightened out look for ways to finance things and then to, to kind of put the KOLs in place that, that really have been through this multiple times before and, and do all of those things uh, to give give the individuals guidance. So I said, this, this is a tough road for an individual to, to, to go through. We, we've had people like you who have done this very successfully. It, it is a challenge. It, it, it is one of those things that, again, requires the team to do this, I think. And I think everybody's willing to do that, to put teams together. You find the synergy, you find the culture, and, and, and off you go. Great comments. Super, super insightful, very helpful. Thanks for the time, Elliot. Look forward to connecting soon. Yeah, thank you so much, Carmen. Thank you so much, Charlie. Really appreciate your time today. Thank you.